Devonshire um, congregation, uh, she sends her love to you all. Just thought I'd say that because I forgot to say it before. And she'll ask me. Um, Jeremiah chapter 1, verses um, 4 onwards. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. And the word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a pot that is boiling, I answered. It is tilting towards us from the north. And the Lord said to me, from the north, disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I'm about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. Their kings will come and set up their thrones in the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. And so the prophecy goes on. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 24. Jeremiah 24 from verse 1. After Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the officials, the skilled workers, and the craftsmen of Judah were carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Lord showed me two baskets of figs placed in front of the temple of the Lord. One basket had very good figs, like those that ripen early, and the other basket had very bad figs, so bad that they could not be eaten. And then the Lord asked me, what do you see, Jeremiah? Figs, I answered. The good ones are very good, but the bad ones are so bad that they cannot be eaten. And then the word of the Lord came to me, and this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Like these good figs, I regard as good the exiles from Judah, whom I sent away from this place to the land of the Babylonians. And so the prophecy goes on. I find this really interesting because Jeremiah, of course, um, well known to us as this great prophet of God. Before I formed you, when you were in your mother's womb, I called you, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And so we think of Jeremiah as this, this great example of a prophet of God. He, he's not to be afraid, he's to be bold, he's to go and proclaim God's word to the nations. God's anointed man of power for the hour, great hero of the faith. And we would expect Jeremiah, therefore, to always know what needs to be said. He's always just going to move in the spirit. He's full of the anointing. He's flowing in the anointing. And yet, when God speaks to Jeremiah on these occasions, we find this interesting transaction, this interesting kind of interaction taking place between Jeremiah and the Lord. What do you see, Jeremiah? 
What do you see? Now, surely God could have just moved upon him and put the words in his mouth. He didn't really need to have this exchange, surely. Surely he could have just come upon Jeremiah when he was standing there and and he would just bring forth an utterance from the Lord, moving in the anointing of the Spirit. And yet God shows him a picture. In that second passage, not only does he show him a picture, um, and, and Jeremiah describes the picture that he sees, and then, and then God says, what do you see? And, and Jeremiah tells the Lord what he sees in the picture that the Lord has just given to Jeremiah. What do you see, Jeremiah? Well, you know, Lord, because you just showed it to me. Why are, you even at, why are we having this conversation when you just showed me a picture of something that you want to say, and yet God still says to him, hang on a minute, Jeremiah, describe to me what you can see. He doesn't just jump to conclusions. He doesn't just rush on ahead. Oh, I've seen that. Now I know what the word is. But there's this, there's this transaction that takes place, this interaction that takes place between Jeremiah and God. Jeremiah, this great and amazing prophet, but still sometimes a process involved when God wants to speak to him. And actually, if you look um, at the books of Ezekiel and Amos and Zechariah, you will see that Jeremiah wasn't alone. That those prophets too had times when God would say to them, just describe for me what do you see? It's almost as if God wanted them to slow down. It's almost as if God wanted them not to rush on ahead, um, rushing to bring forth the word that they thought that they had to bring. But let's just take some time over this. Let's just take some time to talk about what you're seeing. Let's just take some time for you to be... You see, it wasn't for God's benefit. This conversation wasn't for God's benefit because God already knew what he was going to do. It's only because of the grace of God. It's only because he chooses to involve us in what he's doing in our world that he would even be telling Jeremiah and giving him a chance to be part of announcing it to the nations in the first place. Because God can just do what he wants to do. And yet scripture amazingly tells us that he does nothing in our world without first announcing it through his prophets. That actually God chooses to involve us as his people in what he's doing in our world. So God could have just done it, but no, he's going to involve us. And to involve us, it's not for his benefit, but it's like he says, let's just take some time to think about what you're seeing here. Let's just take some time for you and me to talk about. And there's actually value in you describing to me what it is that you think that you're seeing. And in that process of Jeremiah describing to God what it is that he's seeing, the meaning of what he is seeing begins to become clear to him. When you travel down the motorway, you are traveling at a maximum, obviously, of 70 um, miles an hour. Um, And... um, I wouldn't be able to comment on what it looks like when you go any faster. Um, But when you're traveling at 70 miles an hour, 
You don't tend to notice absolutely everything about the countryside around you, do you? Um, you know those, those signs that you have over the motorway? Have you ever actually noticed how amazingly big they are? Like, they don't look that big when you're tearing along, but if you actually stop and look, they're absolutely huge. They're mammoth. They're so big because you've got to be able to see them as you travel past at 70 miles an hour. So unless you're in the if you're the one driving, if you're like concentrating on the road, it's very rare that you really notice the detail of like the wildlife in the, at the side of the road or, you know, the, the details of the countryside. You, you kind of catch a glimpse as you go um, speeding by um, like this. I mean, I don't know why the picture's of a bus, but, um, you know, like this, it's all a bit of a blur, isn't it? You don't tend to notice things when you're traveling at speed. Now, this summer, at the beginning um, of August, um, Judith and I, along with our kids and my parents, um, went on a canal boat holiday. Now, on the canal, there he is, there's my boy, um, at the front of the canal boat. Um, this is where we lived in this space, seven of us for a week. Um, and on a canal boat, the maximum speed, the top speed, is four miles an hour. Okay. <laughs> four miles an hour, but you rarely get to four miles an hour because um, that is actually, you tend to create a wash and that's illegal to create a wash on the canal, so you have to go slower. So like on the last couple of days of the holiday, that was amazing when it was pouring with rain and I was stood at the back on the tiller um, all day because we had to get back and you can only go at three miles an hour um, to get there. Anyway, that's by the by, I've got over that now. Um, when you're traveling at three miles an hour, there's another couple of pictures, actually. You tend to, ah, uh, yeah, I think they just put that one in because they liked it. You tend to notice things. You tend to notice things that are going on uh, around you. You notice the details of the countryside. I mean, you're going at three miles an hour, and there's not a great deal to do, to be honest. So you tend to notice every tiny little detail of everything that's going on around you. When we travel slower... When we take our time, when we slow down the pace of life, there is a far greater chance that we will notice the things that God is showing us. Yeah. Now, of, God, of course, God can speak to us through circumstances and the things we notice around us. So just being more present and noticing what's going on in our world, of course, that is an aspect as well. But I'm not particularly just talking about that. I'm talking about us creating time and space in our lives to ask God, what is it that you're showing me? What is it that you're showing me? Or, more to the point, to slow down enough that we would hear God say to us, what do you see? What do you see? What are you seeing? It may be a, a picture of some kind that, that the Holy Spirit um, lays in your heart. You know, he can speak to us that way, can't he? It might be a mental picture. It might be some of us uh, have had, you know, very vivid kind of like visions. Um, some people, um, God speaks to them through dreams. Um, God can speak to us all in all kinds of different ways, can't he? For some of us, he, he speaks to us by more of a, it's, it's quite common for us to kind of have more of an inner conviction, isn't it? A sense that God is speaking to us. And over time, we learn to distinguish the difference, mainly by making a few mistakes and, and getting it wrong, if we're honest. But we learn to distinguish the difference between when God's speaking to us 
uh, in our hearts and when actually it's probably just me that wants that Ferrari um, and not the Holy Spirit who's telling me, well, who knows? You know, we'll see. Um, but God speaks to us in all kinds of ways. He might speak to us through our fellow believers. He might speak to us through the encouragement of a friend, a brother or sister in Christ. He might speak to us through the correction, through the rebuke of a brother or sister in Christ. He might speak to us through a prophetic word that someone wants to bring us. But my point is this, are we expecting that? Are we expecting, are we hungry, are we desiring that God should speak to us? Because actually there is no reticence. When we look at our Bibles, there is no reticence on the part of God. There is no hesitation on the part of God in wanting to speak to his people. God is a God who speaks. God is a God who wants to communicate with us. God is a good shepherd who wants to shepherd us in right paths for our lives. He wants to speak to us. He wants to direct us in his will and purpose for our lives. God has plenty to say to us all of the time. But are we creating enough time and space in our lives to listen? Are we slowing down enough that we notice what he might be saying to us through a friend? Are we slowing down enough to realize that that advice that they gave us, yes, they were always full of good advice, but actually I feel like the Holy Spirit's speaking to me through them on this occasion? Are we slowing down enough to know that that particular dream I had, actually I have a sense that it might be more than just the amount of cheese I ate before I went to bed. That actually God might be trying to say something to me through it. Of course, God can speak to us in all of these kinds of ways. But the major way in which he has spoken to us and continues to speak to us is through the written word in our Bibles. And of course, by reading my Bible, by reading my Bible over and over, by being dedicated to being faithful, to reading through the scriptures again and again throughout my life, I build a platform from which the Holy Spirit can speak to me. And I, 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 I invest into myself that, that, that safety measure, if you like, that when I feel like the Holy Spirit might be speaking to me through other people or through my circumstances or through prophetic word, that I can test it against the scriptures. Because God will never say anything to you outside of the Bible that would contradict what he has already said in the Bible. And so by taking the time, by slowing down. Now let's be honest, most of us live our lives closer to 70 miles an hour than 4 miles an hour. I noticed the change when I spent a week traveling at 3 to 4 miles an hour. Most of us tend to be so busy. And and some of you will already be objecting inside. Some of you will already be protesting And saying, well, it's all very well, and I agree with you, and you're probably right, but you don't understand. I have children. (laughs) And when I tell my three-month-old to slow down, he or she doesn't listen. Or you may say, well, you don't understand. You don't understand what what my husband or my wife or my girlfriend or my boyfriend or my partner or whatever. You don't understand what they're like. 
You don't understand. I, I need to spend time with them and I need to look after them. I need to pick up after them. Uh, you don't understand what my life is like. You've never met my boss, Richard. You've never met my boss. Every hour of the day, you know, just calls coming in all the time, emails. And then now we've got to sign up for Connect Group as well. And there's a Pioneer North celebration. It was the only day that I had for months on end. And now you want me to come here. And it's just all so busy. The fact is that the society in which we live, it is really busy. I mean, all of that. And that doesn't even take into account of the amount of shows we have to watch on Netflix. <laughs> I mean, it's hard work getting through every season of a, of a, of, you know, a series. You have to put some serious hours in, don't you? <laughs> but we do live busy lives. We do live pressured lives. But, but here's the deal. You see, we have to decide how important is it to me that I take time to notice what God is showing me? How important is it to me that I take time and create space to hear what God is saying to me. You see, if God speaks to me through the written word, and if God speaks to me through other Christians around me, and if God speaks to me through conversations with him about pictures that I may be seeing or dreams that I may be having, so if God speaks to me through conversation with him and time spent in prayer interacting with him, then if I don't decide to create that time and space in my life, by deep, I may not have consciously, but I'm trying to help us to understand, we are actually deciding that hearing God speak to us isn't that important after all. Because we choose how we live our lives. And there are pressures on us, and there are obligations, and there are things that we have to do. And I'm not suggesting for a moment that you just like neglect your three-month-old baby and go off and spend hours on end in the presence of God and just ignore them crying in a corner. I'm not saying that, please. Um, but I am saying we have to look realistically. We have to take it seriously. If we're disciples of Jesus, if we're committed to following him and growing in him, then we have to say, how will I create enough time and space? How will I create moments when I can slow down? Yeah? I mean, if I traveled everywhere I go on a canal boat, my life just wouldn't work. Yeah? It just wouldn't work if I only ever traveled at three miles an hour. But we all need times in our lives. We all need regular times in our lives when we slow down and say, God, what are you saying to me? How are you speaking to me? I want to just highlight for us, um, just to finish, three particular areas. Uh, this is not an exhaustive list, but three particular areas that I believe that God has things that he wants to talk to you about. Firstly, this. I believe God wants to speak to you about your contentment. Remember, um, Paul said, if you've read um, his letter to the Philippians, that he's learned to be content in every circumstance. And the reason Paul could say that he was content in every circumstance, when if, whether he had plenty, whether he had nothing, whether he was seemingly succeeding in life, or whether everything was falling apart and going wrong, was because of his relationship with God, because of his relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. 
This was a man who was deeply secure in his relationship with God. And actually, everything else flows from there, doesn't it? One of the things Paul says to the Ephesians when he's really like, um, he's really like uh, exhorting them to pursue the, the mission, the plan and purpose that God has got for his church. And, and then he prays for them. And he, he says, I pray that you would be rooted and established in love. Because everything flows from our relationship with God. God, the Holy Spirit, wants to talk to you constantly about your relationship with him. He doesn't want to just do one transaction right at the start and say, right, we're going out then. Great. Can you imagine? Like if you got married, like, right, we're married then. And then you never talk to them again. Or, you know, you had a friend and you're like, should we be friends? Yeah, let's be friends. Okay. And then you just never saw them or spoke to them ever again. You've got status as friends. It's a bit like Facebook, isn't it? You've got, you've got friend status, but what does it really mean? God doesn't want that kind of relationship with you. He wants to talk to you all the time. And it's when you talk to him and when you get to know him, and when he shows you that he knows you better than you could even know yourself, that's when you start to develop intimacy with him. And that's when you start to feel content in your relationship with him. So much so that even when everything is falling apart in your life, even when everything is going wrong, even when seemingly it doesn't feel like your prayers are being answered or things aren't slotting into place, you have a contentment in your relationship with God. He wants to talk to you about that. Secondly, he wants to talk to you about your character. You see, God really, really cares about your character. And I'm sorry to say, he actually cares more about your character than your comfort. It really matters to him. It really matters to him how you behave. You see, of course he's full of grace. Of course, however many times I mess up, he's always going to welcome me back into his arms. He's always going to forgive me. He's always going to accept me. But he doesn't want me to stay as I am. He's absolutely committed to what he gave his life for, that I might be transformed into his image, that I might become more and more like him in my character. Jesus gave his life for that, so he's not blasé about whether it happens or not. He's not indifferent. He's not like, well, you know, it'd be kind of good if you became like me, but, you know, just do what you want. He really cares, so much so that he bled and died on a cross so that I could become like him in my character. He wants to talk to you about that, not just once, not just a couple of times, not just like, hey, you know what, it's been a year now, and we probably ought to have that annual checkup. No, he wants to talk to you and to me every single day about how we're doing in that whole transformation thing. In that whole deal of personal transformation so that I look more and more like him. He wants to talk to you about that all of the time. There are things that he wants to show you. Ways that you can grow. Ways that you can become more like him. He wants to talk to you about that habit that you're struggling with. And he wants to give you hope that because of what he's done, you can break free. You can change. You can be different. 
He wants to talk to you about what repentance really means and what it really looks like. Not just, I'm feeling guilty and I'll try harder, but actual transformation that makes a difference in your life. He wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you about that anger that you feel inside. The anger, that resentment that you feel because of the way you were treated in the past. He wants to help you to give those things to him. He wants to talk to you. Firstly, he wants to talk to you about your contentment. Secondly, he wants to talk to you about your character. And thirdly, he wants to talk to you about your commission. See what I did there? You'll begin to see. He wants to talk to you about your commission. He wants to talk to you about the mission that he has for you and him in your world. He wants to talk to you specifically about those people that you're going to interact with in your life that he wants to show his love to through you. He wants to have conversations with you. He wants to send you to particular colleagues or particular friends. I mean, of course, all of us want to be a witness all of the time to everybody, But actually, the Holy Spirit can help you to even become targeted. I don't mean that in a bad sense. I don't mean like people are just walking around with targets on their back for you to bash with a leaflet. Um, But he he wants to help you to know, actually, this person's in need right now. Actually, this person's really lonely right now. Actually, this person really needs some friendship. This person really needs some hope. This person really needs some comfort. He can talk to you about those things. He can show you about things in your workplace. He can show you things that you can do to reach out to people in your workplace. He can show you things that you can do to just be a blessing in your workplace. He can speak to you. He can give you words of knowledge. He can reveal things to you that you wouldn't otherwise have known. He can give you words of wisdom where you have divine wisdom from above that is way more than you ever could have worked out for yourself. He can give you prophetic words. He can give you gifts of healing Where he says to you, I really want you to be brave and go and say to this particular person and ask them, have you been suffering in this particular way? I want to, God wants to heal you. God sent me to pray for you. God can speak to us all the time about how he wants to reach people through us. Are you creating enough space and time to notice these kind of things that God wants to show you? that God wants to speak to you about? Will you slow down? Will you slow down enough? In this season and in every season, will you slow down enough? Say, God, I am determined to live my life in such a way that I value what you have to show me, that I value what you have to say to me, that I long to hear your voice, I long to see what you show me, And I long to put it into practice. Should we pray? Holy Spirit of God, please forgive us for when we rush past the things that you're showing us. Please forgive us for when we so fill our lives that there is insufficient time or space to notice, to see, to hear. We thank you that you are the God who speaks. We thank you that you are the God who announces to us 
what you're doing in our lives and in our world. Lord, we want to value your voice. We want to value what you say to us. So help us to create that space. Speak to us specifically, I pray, even in this moment. I pray that you would lay in our hearts maybe things we might need to let go of or creative ways that we might need to be able to um, create more space for encounter with you, for talking to you, for reading your word. Lord, help us to assess and evaluate our lives and the things that we're doing in our lives and to make good choices about our priorities. Direct us, we pray, by your spirit. Thank you, Lord God, that you are so committed. You are so committed to our contentment, our character, and our commission. And we want to take them seriously too. And so we give ourselves to seeing what you show us, to hearing what you say to us, to talking with you about it, and to putting it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.